Anzac Day is the anniversary of the New Zealand and Australian soldiers landing on the Gallipoli Peninsula, 25th of April, 1915. 2,779 Kiwis would lose their lives. It's approximately one in six Kiwis who stepped on the foot of the peninsula gave their lives to protect the freedom of others, freedoms that we enjoy today. And so, yes, we should remember them. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. The going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. The estimated number of those killed in wars since the beginning of recorded history is close to one billion people given their lives fighting for the freedom many times of others. John F. Kennedy many years ago said, mankind must put an end to war before war puts an end to mankind. It certainly put an end to a billion people already. How many more will there be? I don't know. New Zealand has never been seriously attacked. So when our men and women went to war, it was really to protect the freedom of others. So just to look a little bit into the dawn service, there's different comments on it. But really, Anzac Day marked the time the soldiers, the dawn, when they first landed in Gallipoli. Other people say that the origins of the dawn service are based on a military routine, which was that during the battle, half light of dawn was one of the most favoured times for an attack. So the soldiers would be woken up um, in the dark before it was dawn. And so then they would be ready at the first light, um, manning their weapons, awake, ready to fight, still known as the stand to. The red poppy has become a symbol to remember those who war, died in war and also some who still serve. The red or the Flanders poppy has been linked with battlefield deaths because the poppy was one of the first to grow and bloom in the mud and the soil of Flanders. Some say around the, where people had been buried in the mud and the dirt, poppies would come up. But it does depend on who you talk to. Others believe the color red of the poppy is connected to the blood spilt on the Western Front during World War I. So today we do honour the courage of those who went to Gallipoli and other wars. They say some were 17 years old, 18, 19 years old. And that within days of landing on the peninsula or wherever they may have landed, They'd killed men. They'd heard their friends die beside them. And they had their dreams invaded forever. 
Well, they paid a price. There's no question about that. Of course, remember the example of Jesus. The greatest example of all in John 15, verse 13. Greater love has no man than this. That a man gives up his life for his friends. I've been really stirred by some of this stuff. As we connect it with our faith today. I'm reminded that you and I are also soldiers called to war. 2 Timothy 2 verse 3, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. So just like soldiers who go to war and fight against evil forces, as Christians we go to war every day fighting against evil forces as well. But unlike the Anzacs who could see the enemy, we fight an invisible foe. But be reminded, friends, that the battle is just as real, just as serious as what we think about today. We're fighting an enemy that can inflict a fate actually worse than physical death. And that is to spend a lost eternity in the horrors of hell. So friends, you and I are soldiers called to fight in the battle of the ages, the most colossal battle of all time, the battle for the eternal souls of men and women. May we never forget that we are soldiers called to war. In 1943, on board the SS Dorchester, there were 900 troops, 903 actually, and four chaplains, including Lieutenant George Fox. On February the 3rd, a German torpedo ripped into the ship. And going down, men scrambled for their lifeboats. One of the young GIs said to the chaplain, I've lost my jacket. The chaplain said, here, take mine. Each of the chaplains gave their life jacket to another man. And the heroic chaplains linked arms. They lifted their voices in prayer as the Dorchester went down. Fox and his fellow chaplains were awarded posthumously the Distinguished Service Cross. You ask the question, why would they do that? Why would they give their life jackets to other men? I'll tell you why. They knew they were engaged in the battle of the ages. They were fighting for the souls of men. They knew their eternity was safe. They had found Christ. And when the Dorchester went down, they knew they would go up. They knew it, friends. In the depths of their being, they knew it. But the men around them, mostly unsaved. When Dorchester went down, they would also go down into a lost eternity. 
So his men, understanding they were soldiers at war, fighting a colossal battle. They surrendered their own life jackets. They gave their lives. They paid the ultimate price, like Jesus did, for the salvation, hopefully, possibly, of the men that they gave their lives to save. Amazing, isn't it? What people will do. As we remember the Anzacs, can we also remember those today who are giving their lives to protect nations and people from COVID-19? When I last looked it up, some 17,000 at least frontline workers have already sacrificed their lives to protect others. 17,000. There's something heroic in the heart of man, friends, that will occasionally arise to a surface and pay a tremendous price for a cause that's worth sacrificing for. And it's my prayer, friends, today that in the church of Jesus Christ, not just church unlimited across the globe, that that heroic spirit of sacrifice will rise once again in the church of Jesus Christ. The spirit that we saw in Jesus as he modeled the way when he laid down his own life for the salvation and the protection of others. I wonder if somewhat that heroic spirit, friends, has been lost, but it needs to be regained, recaptured, friends, that we would fight with everything we've got to the last breath, as it were, in the battle for the hearts of men and women to be found in Christ and have an eternity in heaven forever. This is moving stuff, friends. Through history, millions of Christians have given their lives for the gospel. They're known as the martyrs. Some say there's 100,000 a year, but when you research it deeper, let's say there's 10,000 a year martyrs across the globe for the faith of Christ. I worked out that's 27 every day. That means before this service is over, friends, somewhere, someone across the globe will give their lives as a martyr for the cause of Christ. Before this service is over, someone will pay the ultimate price to preserve the faith that we so value today. Then there were the one-way missionaries who packed all their belongings into coffins and they brought one-way tickets because they, never, they knew they would never return home. This is the whole heroic spirit of which Jesus was the model and was the example. Peter Milne felt called to a tribe of headhunters in the New Hebrides. Every other missionary sent to that tribe had been martyred. But Peter Milne was undeterred. He had the heroic spirit of Christ. So he went to the New Hebrides. He served there for over 50 years. The tribe that buried him wrote on his tombstone,
Peter Milne felt called to the tribe of Hidatas in the New Hebrides. Every other missionary who went to that tribe had been martyred. But Milne did not shrink back. He served in the New Hebrides for over 50 years. The tribe that buried him wrote on his tombstone these words. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. He fought for the freedom of others. Tertullian said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. So it causes Christianity to flourish across the globe. These many martyrs gave their lives to preserve the faith of the gospel that you and I can enjoy today. When I was in India a number of decades ago now and enjoying some incredible visitations of God, I remember one day I was in God's presence and the Spirit spoke to me concerning that nation and many nations. And it was from Revelation that said, the blood of the martyrs cries out. The blood of the martyrs cries out. And God hears that cry and causes the church to flourish and grow. Some of you know that Thomas, one of the apostles, they suggest that he was martyred and killed in southern India. And in southern India, the gospel is, has flourished phenomenally in that region of India. But in the north, it's been barren and a struggle because the blood of the martyrs is a seed of the church and causes it to grow and to increase. And so for all of those friends that have given their lives for the sake of the gospel down through the ages, beginning with the apostles, can I suggest that we should remember them? They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, them nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. As I prepared this message, I was deeply challenged. When I think of the price that people have paid through history, the commitment to the cause of Christ and to the gospel, it's challenged my own commitment. I've thought to myself, where am I at? How do I stand alongside those who willingly would give their lives for the cause of Christ and follow in the footsteps of Jesus? And it's made me rethink my own walk with God. What, what price am I willing to pay? What, what sacrifices am I willing to make? Not necessarily physical death, I know. But it's, it's a challenge, isn't it, when you think of what it's taken to get the gospel to where it is today. And I say again, it's my prayer that the heroic spirit of Christ will rise again within the church of Jesus Christ. And we'd be willing to sacrifice, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow our Jesus who gave his life for us. I've been challenged, what am I prepared to do? 
And I feel I've got to take my level of commitment to Christ, my willingness to sacrifice, I've got to take it to another level. That's a challenge that I face, stirred by the Spirit, stirred by the Anzac, stirred by the, those who have gone before through history. And what I read throughout Scripture. Romans 5, verse 7 to 8, Jesus speaks of him, scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. While we were sinners, not even while we loved him and worshipped him and followed, but while we were sinners and far from him, Christ died for us. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Friends, we are soldiers on the front line. Whether we believe that or not, whether we're aware of that or not, we are soldiers on the front line engaged in a tremendous battle. Sadly, it says we wrestle not. Some stop right there. We wrestle not. And they say, well, I'm not going to fight. I don't wrestle. Sorry. I'm, not, not, I'm not just not going to do that. The problem is, friends, if we refuse to fight, we will end up defeated. There's no way around that. We have to fight against all the evil that comes against us. We have to fight, friends, as we battle uh, struggles in our own lives. In the areas of health, we have to fight. For marriage, we have to fight. For our finances, we have to fight. Against sin and addictions, we have to fight. Against hurt and criticism and a loss, we have to fight. We are in a battle. There are evil forces coming against us. We have to fight. We have to fight, friends. We are soldiers at war. This is not a game we're playing. Christianity is not tiddlywinks or something like this. This is real. There is a battle. and Most of you are aware of it. You know it because you'll face the challenges that come with a fight with walking with Christ. So friends, life is one big fight. How many of you have realized that now? It is one big colossal fight. That's what I've realized. And the fight continues. So here's my question for you and for me. Are you a fighter? Are you a fighter? Because one thing that you're going to need as, uh, you know, the, the, the temperature of things uh, continues to increase across our nation and the Western world, as it becomes more and more antichrist, you're going to have to be a fighter. You're going to need resilience, you know, to push through the barriers, to push through the struggles, to push through the, to the battles that you may face. You see, too many today give up. They quit too easily. And somehow we've got to restore the resilience in our hearts and to the hearts of others. So when it, when it gets too tough, uh, too tough at a job, people quit and say, I'll find another job. When it gets too difficult in a relationship, say, I'm out of here. When the studies get too difficult, we're just ready to quit, friends. And there's, there's got to come a renewed resilience within our hearts because we are engaged in a battle. To succeed, you have to fight through the obstacles. Did you hear that? To succeed, you can't give up. You can't back away. You see, if you fight, you won't always win. But if you don't fight, you will always lose. Tell the person next to you, it's time to fight. (laughs) Pretty serious message today but maybe it's what I need. The PKUS founder, Bill McCartney said, <laughs> men, he could have added woman, 
Men, we have been in a war, but not at war. How many of us are in a war, but we're not at war? We're not prepared to fight. We're still in the war. Tendency towards passivity means we often don't fight. Do you know that God would leave an enemy to train his people for battle? In Judges 3 verse 1 to 2 in the GNT translation, it says this. So then the Lord left some nations in the land of the in the land to test the Israelites who had not been through the wars in Canaan. He did this only in order to teach each generation of Israelites about war, especially those who had never been in battle before. So the battles you are facing are to train you to fight so you can win the future battles that are coming your way. That's why we have battles. That's why we have fights. That's why God leaves, as it were, in some sense, enemies around us. So we learn to fight. We develop our spiritual muscles, our fighting muscles. We develop them. So, you know, like David, he defeated a lion and a bear. So when he faced Goliath, he was able to win the battle. So, friends, we've got to develop these fighting muscles now so we are ready for the bigger battles that are going to come our way. And they will come your way. They will come your way, friends. That's how life is on planet Earth. So prepare yourself now, engage in war, engage in battle, and develop those spiritual muscles that we have. See, we can easily forget that we are soldiers engaged in a huge battle. Sometimes, and you won't like this, we have to fight tired. Mm. We have to fight for what God's got for us. You know, God gave Joshua the promise. He said, Joshua, the land is yours, milk and honey. Joshua said, yippee. And then basically God said, yeah, but you're going to have to fight for it. Oh, don't you love the prophecies you get? You're going to do this, that, and the other thing? Oh, by the way, you're going to have to fight blood, sweat, and tears to actually get what I've promised to give you. Oh, really, God? Well, thanks for the prophecy, but no thanks. I'd rather not fight. So Joshua had to fight. And I think it's at least three times God says to him, be strong and very courageous. If God said to me three times, be strong and very courageous, I'd be very worried. (laughs) So tell the person next to you, be strong and very courageous. Mm. Now tell the person on the other side, be strong and very courageous. Because that's what you're going to need. The Anzacs were strong and very courageous. The martyrs through history were strong and very courageous. It's time for you and me to be strong and very courageous. It's time to stand up and fight for what we believe. We can't back away. We can't give up. We can't let go. We fight and we fight again. We get knocked down, we get up and we fight again. We get battered and bruised, but we get up and we fight again. We will not surrender. We will not back down. We will not give up. We will fight. The Anzacs teach us to fight. Jesus teaches us to fight. Men and women through history teach us to keep on fighting, to keep on going. So let's go to Joshua. You know, the battle is God's, (laughs) just to encourage you. The battle is God's. We love that part, don't we? 
yeah, the battle belongs to the Lord. Yippee. Yeah, but you've got to turn up and fight. Oh, dear. <laughs> you've got to have the balance, don't we, friends? Yeah. We fool ourselves. The battle belongs to the Lord. I'm going to win. No, no, no. You've got to fight too. All right, where are we? Joshua 10, 9 to 11. So Joshua... Therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night. Have you marched all night? Have you battled all night? Have you fought all night? So the Lord routed them before. Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched all night. So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Huron, and struck them down as far as some places. And it happened as they fled before Israel, and we're on the descent to Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven. That's good, eh? On them as far as Ezekiah, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. So here's a thought here. They traveled 35 miles, kilometers, uh, before the fight all night with armor and heavy packs on. So when they got to the battle, they were tired. They were tired. And friends, I want to say that for many of you here today, you have fought to get where you are today. How many of you have had to fight to get to where you are today? Gosh, the rest of you had an easy life. <laughs> Shush, you lucky people. You lucky people. Anyway, most of us have had to fight to where we've got today. You had to get up over trials and setbacks. You've had to get up over abuse and trauma and hurts and sickness and disappointments. So I want to say to you today, don't quit up. Don't quit now. You've come too far to roll over. Make a decision. I'm going to fight even though tired. People are against me. Fight anyway. I'm facing, you're facing criticism. You've made bad decisions. Fight anyway. You're without a job. You've got a broken heart. You're depressed. Fight anyway. Don't give up. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Fight to the end. Keep on fighting. That's my message for you today. Don't quit. Don't give up. I know it's tough. I know it's challenging, but keep on fighting. Tom Hiddleston put it this way. You keep putting one foot in front of the other, then one day you're going to look back and you've climbed a mountain. One step at a time, friends. That's all you've got to do. All of you can take one step. 20 steps, maybe not. All of you can get through today. That's all you've got to worry about. Get through today. Then face tomorrow when that arises. His mercies are new every morning. Don't face tomorrow today. Handle today. Get through it. Face tomorrow, tomorrow. Face next week, next week. Don't take it all on at once. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Don't try and take on too much. Don't try and take on the world. Don't try and take on your whole future of what God's got for you. No, take on today. Get through today. One step at a time. Eventually, you'll have climbed a mountain. One step, that's it, one day. 1968 Olympics, a marathon had finished. The medals were given out. Suddenly they realised there's this runner from Tanzania. He's still running. Race is finished, medals have been given out. Finally, hours later, he comes into the, um, the, the auditorium or the, where, the, the place where they were all running and um, the crowd all knew that he was still coming. So they, they were kind of sort of waiting for him running for the finish line. So he'd had a nasty fall early in the race. Have you had a nasty fall? 
He was bleeding. Muscles were cramping. Facing dehydration. Hours later, he finally finished. The crowd cheered as he came in for the last lap. Reporters went up to him and said, why didn't you quit and seek medical help? He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start a marathon. They sent me to finish a marathon. Friends, God's not called you just to start the race, to start the Christian faith. Maybe you've had a nasty fall. Maybe you're bleeding and bruised and dehydrated, depressed and struggling. Finish the race. Don't give up no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many wounds, no matter how many trials. Just keep walking. One step at a time. You can do it. God's grace is sufficient for you. Five kings to one. There were five kings that came against Joshua and his people. Five kings against one. Sometimes the fight is bigger than your energy source, or it feels that way. It's actually not because God is with you, but it feels that way. And isn't it interesting? God sends hailstones from heaven in this battle. See, there were those that Joshua and the Israelites killed, but then there were those that God killed. And more died from the hailstones than from what Joshua and the children of Israel were managed to do. In other words, God does the lion's share of the fighting in our victories. But we still have to fight. But he does the lion's share. So we do our part and God steps in with his power. That's the key, friends, that I want you to get today is we do our part. We do our fighting. We do what we can. We make the sacrifices. We have that heroic spirit rise within us. We do our part, but then God steps in with his power. And we win victories we should not win. And we defeat enemies we should not defeat. Why? Because we do our part and God sends the hailstones and destroys the enemy and wins battles for us. Friends, we've got to restore an understanding in our hearts, my heart, and in the church that yes, God fights battles for us, but we have to do our part. We have to fight ourselves. We have to sacrifice ourselves. We can't just leave it to God and say the battle belongs to the Lord. He says, no, the land is yours, but you're going to have to fight for what I've promised to give you. But friends, we're up for the fight. We're ready for the fight because God is with us. His power is in us. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors. If God be for us, who can be against us? We need to rise up. We need to fight. But then God will step in and give us the victory. So let's remember. Or let the remembrance of the Anzacs, of the martyrs, and others, that the remembrance of them today stir us to be willing to fight 
and sacrifice for the greatest cause there will ever be upon this planet as we fight for the souls of men and women. Let's be reminded that we are in a battle, a spiritual battle, and we need to fight every day. We need to fight every day. I was thinking about soldiers at war. Wonder how they put in for annual leave in the front lines of Gallipoli. What I'm saying is they fight every day. It's not a day they cannot fight. They stop fighting one day, they may end up dead. So you have to fight every day. Do you get it? Some of us fight, 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 but then let's have a break. <laughs> it's time out. You know, I've, fought, fought, I've fought long enough, now I'm going to just have time out. Well, I think you know what I'm saying. You've got to fight every day. How do you fight every day? You fight with prayer every day. You pray, you fight with prayer all day. You know, not just, not just in the morning. Oh, I've, I've done my fight, God. No, no, you've got to fight all day. Because you know what? The enemy fights all day. He even fights through the night, by the way. He doesn't stop. So you've got to fight with the word of God. You know, get the scriptures out, declare them. You fight with praise. You know, you, you fight with faith. You, you just, all the spiritual weapons that we know of, you fight with thanksgiving. You just, you just fight all the time and you fight throughout the day. And uh, God will fight with us, fight for us. Uh, Scott Fitzgerald's put it this way, never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat. You've had a single defeat. It's all right. So have I. More than one. Many. But it's not the final defeat. Take a single defeat. You can get up from a single defeat and you fight again. And you just keep going. Don't let a single defeat define you. Because <laughs> it doesn't. You get up and you keep fighting again. So you're here today. I want to say well done. It's great. You could have been somewhere else. But you're here, you're in church, singing, and hopefully listening as well. It's always my faith level, isn't it, that someone listening? Can you tell the person next to you, wake up? Yeah, I saw, saw a whole lot of heads suddenly come up then. But you're here today. So you're in the fight. You've not quit. You've not given up. I know it's been tough. It's been a tough year. It's been a tough two years. It's been a tough decade. In fact, it's all been tough. <laughs> it's been tough. I know it's been tough. I've found it tough. You've found it tough. But we're here. We've not quit. We've not given up. Yeah, we're tired. We're beaten up. I know that. But I'm also here to tell you that your best days are ahead of you. I'm here to tell you that the last chapter of your life has not yet been written. And God is the author of your book. And I've read the final pages. 
And in the end, you will come through. In the end, we will win. In the end, we, we get the victory. In the end, we have the triumph because God is for us and God is with us. As long as we do not give up, as long as we do not quit, we can get up, we can keep fighting and God will send the hailstones. He'll defeat the enemy. He'll do the lion's share of the fighting for us and we will come through the other side. So let's, uh, maybe we're weary, maybe we're a bit tired, maybe we're a bit knocked around, but it ain't over. It's not over. <laughs> We're going to rise, and we are rising. We're in the fight, and we will keep fighting. And with God's help, we will win the victory. There's been many a time over the years when I could have quit. I could have quit. But I didn't. Sometimes I think if I had quit, I wouldn't be enjoying the great blessings that I enjoy today across this nation and beyond. You see, friend, as I finish today, you don't know what God has got in store for you. If God had shown me the things he had, God had in store for me, there's no way I would have even considered quitting because I would have thought, wow, God is all that ahead. Well, I'll keep fighting. I'm tired. I'm weary. I want to quit, but I'm not going to because... You all got all that ahead for me? See, friends, you don't know. But what I do know is this. Psalm 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And Jeremiah said, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has great plans and a great future for every person under the sound of my voice, online and in line. God has plans for us to bless us, to do us good, to make us effective, to make us fruitful. We just got to hang in there, keep fighting one step at a time, and then we'll be able to say along with the Apostle Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.